to another episode of Those Gals Have Moxie, a pop culture podcast that colors outside the lines with Chelsea, Jen, Megan, and Paige. And today, well, friends, today we are just going to talk about things that make us happy or made us happy in the hellscape that was 2020 because the year didn't really end did it no it didn't no it didn't we are still living in the hunger games welcome uh it's a very stressful time to be an american if you are listening from not america jealous very jealous but we are currently living in a very strange time And it feels weird to say that because we've already been living in a very strange time for almost a year now. Uh, But, you know, we're just going to try and get away from that for a little bit and talk about the things in the last year that made us happy. And they may not all come out necessarily in 2020, but that's okay because we need to be able to focus on something positive. And that's what's important. So 2020 is about a thousand years long, so we can go over anything from the last, you know, millennia. We can do whatever. I mean, if we're going to be honest, we probably could. Time's not real anymore, so. It's a construct. time. I mean, if we live in, like, unprecedented times every eight minutes where something else new is historically happening that's going to be, you know, changing the world, I feel like we can do whatever the fuck we want. That's true. And, you know, it's interesting because I, 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 I'm sure everyone, this, we talked about it at work the other day, um, where, you know, for older generations, for most of like, you know, I don't want to say our parents, cause that's not fair. Cause my mom was only a couple of years old, but you know, we'll, we'll just say older generations, uh, you know, the whole, like, where were you when Kennedy got shot? And we, as millennials all thought, oh, 9-11 would be our only Kennedy situation, but it's like every other day, it's another historical moment we're living through and you're just kind of spent. I could tell you exactly we where I was when I knew the pandemic was really serious and we were going to lock down. So like, I can just tell you play by play. Don't ask for the details in between. <laughs> I feel like just we all, <laughs> that it's everything. It's like, where were you when Biden won? Where were you when uh, Trump's people staged a coup, a failed coup? Uh, what, like I, the amount of failing because I don't trust people until Joe Biden's like elected and Trump is fully, like, out of that fully house. Right. Agree. Failing coup. Failing, and I'm stressed for the next few weeks. Honestly, just do it on Zoom and send him a docu sign. Like I'm, I'm not. I don't think we need to make a big deal. We'll There's a Bible summer, app they can swear on. It's all very easy. We'll just get make sure Joe's got an iPhone. Kamala, you got an iPhone. We're set. We can do this. We'll, we'll have a socially distanced inauguration in July. We'll change it from the 4th of July to Biden of July. Like, I don't, I don't care. I don't care. We're not doing it this month, guys. It is on hold. We could do this over Zoom. That's all I'm saying. Let's do this. So I think first we are going to talk about books because I feel like this will be the quickest subsection of pop culture for us. Really? Yeah, I think so. I mean, quickest Um, for me, I'm illiterate. 
That's why I said it. Wow, there's Chelsea <laughs> learning how to read. Big thing, yeah. <laughs> in 2021, Megan, Paige, and I are teaching Chels to read. And I'm just really thrilled about this. Yeah. Paige helped I mean, me renew my library card, my long expired one from many moons ago. Progress. I did. I felt very proud. You should. I forced books into your hands. You did. I'm okay. proud of you. That's all we can really ask. I if, learned how to use Evergreen. Be... I mean, I still asked Paige to do all of it, but I'm like, Paige, can I get this one? <laughs> I mean, that's literally my job. It's fine. <laughs> Great. So see, it will take, it will, for three of us, it'll be a little more difficult, but for one of us, it won't be so difficult. So that's why this will be the easiest one for us to do. So Chelsea, since you have read the least... <laughs> My feelings. Wow. Let's just go through our book count, each of us. Let's compare. Wow. I don't count books as a sad part. But you read some and that's what's important. I did, but yeah. I also forget the names because I don't keep a list. And now I feel like I'm that. Oh my kid god, that, that didn't stress me the You hell just out. bought a planner. You just bought a planner. You write your books in there oh I can write my books in there I'm not gonna start a goodreads like don't don't count on that that's a lot but but you could always write down when you finish one you could put it in one of those back pages that's true do a little star rating in the back but I'm definitely not gonna download a whole ass app for that (laughs) (laughs) it's not letterboxd (laughs) okay I'm gonna um I did a lot of good celebrity biographies, and I only remember the title of one because all the rest are on a shelf behind me, so we can always circle back to me on some <laughs> of these. The most recent one I finished was the, um, it's called Dutch Girl, Audrey Hepburn in World War II, and honestly, most of us think of Audrey Hepburn as this very great romantic comedy, fashion icon star lovely lady, charitable person. Y'all, she had the most fucked up traumatic childhood. I just like, World War II, parents knew Hitler, like went through so much malnourishment during World War II and suffering that she had issues with health and like gaining weight later in life. That's why she was so small because she had a horrible childhood and stuff. So that's really great if you love traumatic celebrity biographies I recommend it and um her one of her sons wrote the foreword for it and it's really lovely to hear him talk about his mom because she passed away in like the early 90s way too young so yes who actually read books (laughs) Paige probably knows the titles of the book I the books I checked out and read better than I do That's very possible. You don't remember the books that you've checked out from the library? I don't remember their names. Well, I had you read On Earth Were Briefly Gorgeous. (gasps) That one was really good. Oh, it made me cry. That's one of my favorite books of the last few years. That one's really good. Oh, it made me cry. And you read... um, What else did I read? I read The Pursuit of Love. We all love Rebecca. (laughs) Did we? (laughs) Even though we... (laughs) Oh my god. <laughs> Maybe this is when we talk about Rebecca. No. It's not. <laughs> Nobody's ready for that. 
spoiler alert, it is not. No. We're going to talk a little bit about Rebecca in every single episode we ever do. That is a really good book, A little bit. Really good book. 10 out of 10 recommend that 80-some-odd-year-old book. Um, I read The Pursuit of Love, just the first one of that series, because finding some of those books is hard, and finding time for me is even harder. That was great. Nice little, man, a lot of World War II-era published and themed stuff for me who would have thought i'd be thinking about nazis taking over things in 2020 hmm what else what else did i read Hmm. oh i the one that had like the lock on the cover i um the turn of the key by ruth ware that's the good that's one that was nice that was a good break from a lot of my Mm -hmm. crying and Charles, why, why are you even doing this? Just let Paige do the recap, <laughs> clearly. <laughs> hey, do you yeah. want to talk about books you've Oof. read and books I may have read and forgot about? <laughs> I'm a horrible person. I think those are the only books I've had you read recently. <laughs> but your list is going to get longer this year. I'll, I'll just keep adding to your list. It is going to get longer this year. That's what's exciting. I'm going to have more time yes. and then after the next three months. We'll see. Oh, and I read an Ida Lupino. Talk books. about my books. One last one. I read a great Ida Lupino, who was one of the only working female directors in Hollywood for a short period of time. Let me find the name of the book yes. real quick because it was a bop. And, oh. I love Ida Lupino. My people should know about her. Yeah, it's called Ida Lupino Beyond the Camera. And it's kind of by Ida Lupino with Mary Ann Anderson. So she actually wrote some of it, but then like passed away and somebody kind of like helped her and stuff. It's one of those late in life books. And it's really fascinating because she had to navigate a lot in the Hollywood system, even to the point where... um, People were making jokes about her at the Academy Awards. So um, Joseph Mankiewicz, whenever he won, I think it was Best Director at the Academy Awards, Ida Lupino, they thought it'd be a joke for the one female working director in Hollywood to present Best Director. And he made jokes about her in his acceptance speech. And I'm like, I want to fucking punch you. So yeah. I said this in my response to the movie Mank, but the only acceptable Mankiewicz a family member is Ben, who is the host of Turner Classic Movies. Oh, for sure. The Mankiewiczes Correct. pretty much suck. Ben Mankiewicz, yeah. great. Kind of a hottie. We're going to shout him out. Love good him. for him. Low-key. Love him. Hot. He's got some good hottie vibes. Hot nerd. We love a hot nerd here. But no, Paige, you actually read real books. I'm for real is going to stop now. I did. I read approximately 100 books this past year according to Goodreads. That was my goal and I hit it. Yeah. I don't know how I did that. I mean, I do know how I was stuck at home for a few months <laughs> and I work I in the library. I was going to say, I think we so know how. kind of um, makes it more accessible to me. But that's like the most I've read since I was a kid in a year. But let me see. I made a little list here of my just like top books of the year. Catch and Kill by Ronan Farrow. It was really, really good. Um, I've heard good things about the audiobook too, because I, I believe it's read by him. So that would be really nice. Yeah, that's my um, list. I finally read Kindred by Octavia Butler, which came out obviously decades ago and is a classic, but I had never read it, which is 
horrible of me but i'm very glad i did because it was excellent um she is prolific and yeah like so forward thinking and that's kind of scary to read like now yeah that book could have came out in the last few years and i wouldn't have bad an eye about it which is scary but um what else did i read such a fun age by kylie reed was kind of a surprising hit for me um i read that too yeah so did i shelves i've never heard of this in my life oddly silent Add it to your list. Oh boy. I'm just going to look at your Goodreads. I'm not making a Goodreads though. I, I thought see. that was a very good look at like the pressure women are under, but also the millennial. Ex- I, the, I liked the two contrasting storylines. I liked them a lot. Mm-hmm. Also, some good things about, like, performative feminism, especially mm-hmm. performative, like, anti-racism. It's a good one. Mm-hmm. Also, I would like to mention um, Mexican Gothic yeah. by Silvia Moreno-Garcia. That came out last year, and it was Fantastic. probably my favorite new release. It's really, really good. good mm-hmm. New Gothic romance. Don't worry, I'm writing these down. <laughs> By the end of 2021, Chelsea's going to have a good read. Mark my words. <laughs> Can't make me unless you want to curate that for me. <laughs> you know, there are worse hobbies. Don't tempt me. <laughs> I can't imagine my life without my Goodreads. How would I keep track of all my books? I'm That's literally how I on, feel about my letterbox. My Goodreads right honestly. now. Mm-hmm. I love my letterbox. That really has helped yeah. me in life. But we're not at films yet. They're all good. Yeah, I like being able to go through my Goodreads and say, did I read that? Oh, I did. Sorry. <laughs> I'm the worst. Um, and I was also looking at my Goodreads because um, I had a really big goal originally for myself in 2020 to read, like I always do. And then the pandemic hit and my brain was like, what are words? We don't know how to process things. And that lasted for god probably four months and so like during that time it was really difficult for me to read even even the most like the things that I loved the most and I went back and did a lot of rereading because that was really of comfort to me and when you are a person who has a lot of anxiety and then has a pandemic that causes even more anxiety it's nice to go into something knowing exactly what you're going to get out of it so I found myself going back to some of the books that I, I really just loved and cherished. Um, but once I came out of that, I started reading again. Um, uh, some of my favorite things that I read were, so as you know, I love romance. So there's a lot of romance on the list. One of the biggest books that I have told every human being that I know to read is called spoiler alert by olivia dade if you are i just got that from the library it's so good it's so good it's on my Um, list yeah writing it down fandom and you love game of thrones shade 
and you love unapologetic plus size heroines and you love like dopey well-meaning heroes who are just also really hot but kind of dumb but not really but totally in love with the heroine please pick up spoiler alert it's got all of those things i i slowed down reading it towards the end because i did not want to finish it it was that kind of read and so i really really enjoyed that um i enjoyed everything by talia hibbert this year which um i think it was take a hint danny brown that i read this year um it's the second book in a series talia hibbert is fantastic definitely recommend that um i read a very good series oh it's such a good series all of her characters are so well developed everything's really Mm -hmm. funny like she's just got this kind of um just wonderful british wit that makes everything just so charming um and another one that I loved was One of Us is Lying. I know it didn't come out last year, but it's the Karen McManus, and I think it's being turned into a series. Um, it's about, like, a potentially murderous high school student. And that just really gets me, because, like, if I'm going to read about stupid teenagers, then they should be killing each other. Um, it was really fun. Uh, and and pretty quick quick read as well. Um, gosh, there were so many. And then, gosh, I don't know. I can't recommend that one because, oh, the one I, oh, The City We Became by N.K. Jemison. Really read that book. It's so good. N.K. Jemison, if you haven't read her before, she did the hat trick with the Hugo Award and won it three years in a row. She is, uh, like, a sci-fi futuristic genius in my humble opinion and uh i i just absolutely loved it so that's me oh it's my turn oh, now okay i also my read turn. a million romances but you know that's a separate a podcast where i will read one romance novel and y'all will read 20 and we will talk about it, <laughs> it needs to be gay and fun like gay rom-com ones that's what i will read so twitter i will send y'all. you yeah, well, I will send you the link for a free sapphic historical romance novel that is available to you right now. I love gay stuff. We all love the gay stuff. Yeah. Yes. No, that's not... Okay, so it's my turn. So I, too, read the most I've read in probably since college. Um, so I read 125 this year. And um, I thought that is that admirable. I was very proud of my, like I was very proud of myself. And on New Year's Eve, I was so close to finishing an audiobook and so close to finishing the novel I was reading that I was like, "That's it. Uh-uh. I'm starting fresh for the first time." And I can't even remember how long. I will start fresh in 2021 with brand new everything. So I sat on New Year's Eve and got through one, finished listening to 124, finished reading 125, and I felt good. My original goal, which I thought was lofty, was 90, because the year before I read 85, and so I wanted to read 90 this year, and then lockdown happened, and like Jen, um, my anxiety took over, but I also, um, like, 
was quarantining alone most of the time. And um, if I didn't do something, my brain would spiral out. So I was like, books, I'll just read, I'll just read, I'll just read until I can't read anymore. So that's what I did. And um, let's see, my favorite ones. Okay, so first, my first one that like immediately comes to my brain is Stray by Stephanie Danlayer. She wrote um, Sweet Bitter, which got turned into a Stars TV show. And um, it's about, it's like set up into three sections and it's, it details her life um, in growing up with a dad who was addicted to meth, to heroin, to so many different drugs and her mom who was an alcoholic. And then her discovering like what her addictions were. And it's just, oh my God, the way it was set up, the way she wrote it, it was so gripping and like she lived, she moved into, uh, she moved back home to write this in Laurel Canyon. And she lived like in a house that Fleetwood Mac lived in. Oh, it was so good. I loved, loved it. Um, I finally read A Long Way Down by Jason Reynolds, which is in verse. And it is so good because the ending is so ambiguous you could it could be either way it could end either way and I'm almost kind of mad I already read it because I try not to reread things because I have so many love to read and um but the graphic novel version just came out and I'm sad I might reread it I think you have to because technically it's a different book. There's different content in it. Yeah, it's a new format. It counts. There you go. It counts. All right, and it's also admirable it's that you literally read like a new book every three days. If we do math in my head, that like hurts my brain. <laughs> but how did Megan do that? I did listen to some audiobooks, but it's just Jane Austen stuff that soothes me at work. So that does not count. It counts. Um, it counts. Oh, I can add four more books. <laughs> um, I really, really, really liked. Um, there's only two are available in America right now. I think volumes three and four are available in Europe. But um, there's this graphic novel series by Alice Oseman called Heartstopper, and it is the cutest little gay romance. so much we love a gay romance um there's this book can you spell that title for me i did not write that down in time heart stopper heart stopper thank you it's all one word got you and um there's this book um so like I, i don't know if i've said it on here before but i am an elementary librarian and uh i do tend to read um at least at least like 30% to 40% of the books I read throughout the year are like, what can I bring into my library for these kids? And there is this book called the list of things that will not change by Rebecca. I don't know if it's steed or stead. I think it's steed. We'll go with that. And it's a book about this girl and her parents come to her and say, Hey, we're getting a divorce. And they give her a list of things that will not change. Like, uh, we love you. You're always going to be with us. We're always going to be a family. La, la, la. So then it's like two or three years later and her dad is getting remarried to a man. And it's like, 
not only do we have like a child of divorce, but then we have a child whose parent is actually gay and he is getting remarried and that is blending families. And not only all of that, but the girl is in therapy. She is in therapy to understand her feelings and deal with her big feelings. We need more books like this. Kids need more books like this to say it's okay to go to That's therapy. That's change some kids' lives. I know. I'm so and it happy there's a book year. for big feelings because we all have big feelings. Okay. I and us specifically, we have a lot of big anxiety and it's great that therapy is being promoted. It makes me so happy. This book came out in 2020. I've already ordered it in my book order for my library. Like I am, it was so good. And not only that, so this is a t- complete tangent, but I also do daily read alouds for my school. And um, picture books, guys, heads up. They are helping kids deal with big feelings in such a way that I am angry that we had like spot saw ball. Like I'm pissed that we had such bad picture books because like there's this book called The What Ifs and it's about anxiety. It's like, I wake up and the what ifs are there. What if I fail? What if I do this? What if I do that? And then uh, she, another girl sees her struggling and she comes over and she's like, okay, but not all what ifs are bad. What if you make a new friend? What if there's cake after this? What if, and it's like dealing with anxiety. And then there's another one called The Problem with Problems. And it's like, if you name your problem and you share your problem, the problem isn't so big. And I'm like, these kids are going to be so much more well-adjusted than we are. And that is so irritating. Like, where is this children? So say the name of that book again for me, Um, the child's book. There's the problem with problems and the what ifs. I'm going to just personally get those for me. <laughs> They're really helpful. Chelsea's taking like, extensive notes. Honestly. <laughs> I love it. I love it. They can't um, see, but I've literally filled the full page of a composition notebook. Okay. The problem I'm with problems and mad. what was that? Sorry, I got distracted. The what ifs. The what ifs. There we go. Then there was a book called How It All Blew Up by Arvin Amati, and it is another gay book. And it um, also came out in 2020. And he is like a kid who doesn't want to come out to his Iranian parents. Ooh. And he's like, I'm, I'm not coming out. And someone's blackmailing him. And instead of coming out to his parents, he flees to Europe, as one does. Um, but it was really good. I liked that one a lot. I read Such a Fun Age. Um, Oh, there is this book by Paola Mendoza that also came out last year called Sanctuary. And the timeliness of it was terrifying. And I'm assuming this idea came from our current administration. And it's about uh, like a not so distant America and how everyone has to have microchips stating that they're citizens. And... Um, if they like the, the president is in his third term cause he changed the rules and, uh, there's a whole wall around in the South and, uh, there are like landmines and this, I mean, it's insane. And then like ch- false chips stop working. So if you're in a like if you're here illegally, then like you can get, you start getting rounded up and you get put in cages and all the stuff. And it is terrifying but so so good remind uh, me of little... this book in like two and a half years when my anxiety about this administration's a, a smidge it was terrifying lower? 
just just because it felt very close to reality like that could be a possibility if this were to continue um being lolita by allison wood that's about a girl who um gets into a uh student teacher relationship with her teachers and it goes very badly um very upsetting. I finally got to read The Color Purple, which I liked the book much more than I liked the movie. Because the book is better? Yeah, well, yeah. for sure. You guys already yeah. heard me slander Steven Spielberg earlier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Listen, um, that book was transformative in my life in college because that was the first time I'd read it because I finally had the first ever Black female professor that I ever had in my life in college. And she made us read The Color Purple. And I was like, what the fuck? Why did I only see the movie? That's awesome. No, I actually saw the movie when I was like 12 or something. And then I sought out the book because I liked the movie. That's just how I am. If I like the movie, I'm going to go read the book. But now I get to do it in the other way sometimes, like once in a blue moon. And so, yeah, I'm really glad I read that. Because then I could be like, oh, fuck you, Steven Spielberg, about so many things. So many things. Um, Nobody Will Tell You This But Me by Bob, which I literally couldn't breathe. I couldn't even see because I was sobbing so hard by the end of that. It's a semi-memoir. It's about a girl telling the life of her grandma who was like the most important person in her life. So if your grandma is the most important person in your life, don't read this. You will not be okay at the end. I can't read that. I literally just dropped off Cheesecake Factory to my almost 80-year-old grandma. My 80-year-old, my grandma just turned 80 in November. She doesn't have COVID anymore, but she had it for like six to eight weeks. So I brought her some Cheesecake Factory takeout. Nope, nope. Uh, Each Tiny Spark by Pablo Cartaya, I think is how you say it, uh, about uh, being on the spectrum and also uh, PTSD. Uh, We Are Okay by Nina LaCour, which was just like another amazing gay romance. Uh, uh, Dancing at the Pity Party by Tyler Fetter, which was about um, what it's like to lose your parent, like a parent. So she lost her mom and she's like, tells you how to deal with losing a parent at 19. Uh, The Lucky Ones by Liz Lawson, which is about a school shooting and like she's the only girl who survives and her twin brother was one of the people who died and it's oh my god it's so good though uh any others before we go to the next category yeah the boy at the back of the class i'm at the end uh which is about immigrants uh strung out by aaron carr which is about her heroin addiction which was and then they called us enemy by george takei which is about uh um, him being in the Japanese internment camps during World War II in America. I should read that one since I like stories about World War II. Also, seek out um, a, a graphic novel too. Uh, endorsing um, bootlegs, but you should also take a look at the musical that he did called Allegiance that's about the internment camps in which he starred along with Leah Salonka. <gasps> I'm gonna go. I think he talks. I think that's in the end. Like he talks about that at the end of the book. Yep. I think it's in like the afterword or whatever. I think he talks. Oh my god! No, it's in the book actually. So, 
to tie this all together before we move on, when I went to see The Color Purple on Broadway in 2016, guess who was two rows up from me? In was the it Whoopi? It was George Takei. <gasps> oh, really? Yeah. No, if it was Whoopi, we would have died. Not going to lie. Yeah. We would have died. Full on dead. So yes, I did. Not have been... Mm-hmm. Speaking of Whoopi, I told y'all on the um, in our group chat that on the podcast I would tell you which Oscars she should have won. Obviously, Ghost because that movie slaps. It's she's you the best part of girl. it. You in danger, girl. Um, obviously, <laughs> the color purple. Sorry, Geraldine Page. I do obviously. love you as a performer. You should have won for like interiors or something. But also, Boys on the Side is so much oh my god fun. that movie is so good it is so good oh my goodness i haven't seen that show <gasps> it's her and mary yeah. louise parker and a drew barrymore after she got out of rehab oh, oh my goodness it's delightful also a baby matthew mcconaughey is in it oh oh Oh, and it's like, I can't talk about that yet because I just listened to his audiobook and his life is insane, but that counts as a 2021 read. So I can't talk about it. But if you want a really insane time, listen, listen, don't read, listen, because he reads it to that book because you'll, <laughs> you'll be, I literally screamed. I think we've hit our max on the, the curse words, but I'm going to say it again. I can't tell you how many times audibly i screamed what the fuck and my boyfriend was like are you okay i'm like I- i'm just listening to this man i got i can't here's the thing i believe you because i watched his episode of hot ones and i'm like oh he's wild he is insane he had a wet dream about floating down the amazon so the next morning he's like i guess i'm going to the amazon <laughs> and then just went like <laughs> I cannot stress how you need to listen, not read his book. Listen to his book because he reads it and he's crazy. So yeah, Boys on the Side page. I feel like it might be your new favorite film when you watch it. It is so good. I love it. I adore it. And also just because it's fun. I love her in The Associate. Uh, She's great in everything, even bad movies she's good in. Let's be real. That's true. Let's be honest. That's true. I'm watching her in the stand right now, so. Ooh. She's also great because daily on The View, she just gets to yell at Meghan McCain and (laughs) living my personal dream, just telling her to shut up. (laughs) Bless. I love it. Megan, what's the next category? Because I have... The next category is... I I think the easiest... Next easiest one will be music. Because... Uh, I feel like all of us really only listen to cast Wait, say that again. I mean, I feel like we only listen only to Gaslighter. Gas That's yeah. true. It's I have a wrong. vinyl of Gaslighter, y'all, that I'm going to frame. <laughs> it's pink, isn't it? It is pink. I love it. I'll show it to you when like we're done recording. The only thing I really listened to in the last year that was new was like Gaslighter. Yeah. The new Justin Bieber album. No. The new uh, Ariana Grande. Couldn't tell you a song. But the, the only, but other than that, I listened to like pretty much just like the entire catalog of Casey Musgraves. Nice. Harry Styles. 
One Direction. For how comfort. many times? Question, because my answer is a lot. How many times did you watch and rewatch Harry Styles and Casey Musgrave singing the Shania Twain song? <laughs> a lot. You know what's frustrating though As is they never sang a song. I don't recall them when I saw that tour. I don't recall them singing a song together, and that annoys me. <sighs> That's homophobia at the highest level. And she turned it out. She had on like some like a serious uh, bell-bottomed one like jumpsuit on and he gave me and I mean this because I'm annoyed still it's been two years he gave me a it was either like a midnight blue or a black plain suit excuse me sir I came for florals I came for bell-bottoms I came for sparkle and you gave me a plain suit I imagine somebody backstage probably ruined his great outfit, like threw up on him like a fan or something had to have. Okay, I'll take that. I'll take that. I'll take that. Um, I I will talk. I'm looking at my albums. Yeah, you actually listen to me. I listen to a lot. Much like books, I I listen to the same four things. I really did, though. I did, too. I listen to like the same four things. I listen to my sad bitch music, which is horse feathers. And that's pretty much it. And when, okay. So two of these four things are literally just songs. It's not even albums. (laughs) (laughs) Paige, you should list real music before we get to my nonsense. Um, wow. I don't even know what to say to that. Songs, not even albums, huh? Yep. I one album I did listen to on repeat besides Gaslighter, which of course, um, Fiona Apple's new album, Fetch the Bolt Cutters. If you have not heard it yet, that's my other one. Heard and I didn't know it. Now I'm mad. Yeah. This is what happens when all I did was read books. You also were good about not getting into Twitter. Told me on my wrap up that I like. Yeah, it's. Spotify like called me out for how much I listened to that this year, which fair. Honestly, um, <laughs> folk folklore by Taylor Swift. That was another big one. Um, set my heart on fire immediately by Perfume Genius, who is one of my favorite artists, who is getting a little more love nowadays because his songs show up in like film trailers and stuff a lot nowadays. Future Nostalgia by Dua Lipa is like a great. Oh my like, god, I forgot that came out last year. Album, that is one of the best things it's to so come fun. out of 2020. Very good. All I need is for the pandemic to be over because since that album, since that first song came out, I was like, I am going to wear sparkly hot pants to whatever tour this is. Like, I will oh, turn yeah. out in the most insane looking outfit because that album is a whole bop. The whole album's a bop. You can't be sad listening to you it. You can't. You have to get up and dance. You just have to. You, oh man, speaking, Lady Gaga. Okay, you know what? I'm struggling. Yeah, I'm, Lady Gaga, Chromatica. <laughs> um, oh, I have two more mentions. <laughs> Chloe and Hallie's Ungodly Hour album is very, very good. Um, and Megan the Stallion released two albums last year, and they're both good both for her. her. Can we just like 
all agree yes. that we all listen to like WAP and Body on like loop because I did. Oh, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Jen literally hurt herself trying to do a TikTok challenge. So, <laughs> two. No, no more TikTok challenges for any of us. I did. My knees are too old for this. It's okay, Jen. I collapsed at a bookstore trying to just squat, so it's fine. Listen, people have been doing the uh, bus it challenge as of late on the TikTok. And I was like, I was like, the first part is easy because it's Nellie's, um, the verse from Hot in Here, where Nellie's talking about checking your reflection and telling your best friend, like, girl, I think Think my butt. Oh, that's that challenge? I didn't realize it was that. Okay, I know which one you're talking about now. So people are like, you know, like, dressed down for that first part and then Megan comes in and starts singing bust it open so people have been like you know editing the video where they're all like decked out but they're <laughs> squatting and yeah and, and I was like that's not gonna the way my knees are set up I wish I had saved the one that I saw today and sent it to you because it was a guy trying to do it and then he literally squats and his knees crackle and he's like I, I put up. that on my story. Was Wait, was that where so- I saw it? Yes. <laughs> oh my God, that one was so funny. He's like, oh God. And you have the best Instagram stories. I told, I've said yeah. it repeatedly. Most of my stories just Jen's on mine. Oh, fully. Same. I, have no I steal from like that. all three of you all the time. <laughs> Jen, would you like to go next? To? Sure. Uh, I mean, Avi Gaslighter. Um, I also turned into uh, a sad bitch and got folklore, which I liked way more than I thought I was going to. Um, Chica, Industry Games. I absolutely adore her. I adore her clapbacks on Twitter. I just, she's a whole vibe. Um, it didn't come out in 2020, but I listened to it a lot. Um, Brittany Howard's album, Jamie. She is the lead singer of... Um, so good. Alabama. Uh, yes, Shakes. Alabama Shakes. Yeah, I was like... Not <laughs> I had to think about Alabama. the second part, too. It makes me feel better. Oh, my God. I was like, Alabama someplace in it, but it's not... That's a song, Sweet Home. Anyway... That album I need to check that out. I love Alabama Shakes. Oh my gosh. Absolutely fire. She she I mean she kills it every single and then she had um uh a remake of not a remake. She did a couple of remixes in 2020 from that album. Um it's it's just so good. I adore her. I will listen to literally anything she does. Um her voice is unreal. It is. It's like out of this world. Yeah, uh, I've, I've been listening to. She just came out with a new album, but I always go back and listen to Jasmine Sullivan. Like when I'm deep in my feelings and need somebody to sing at me about how deeply I'm in my feelings, I listen to Jasmine Sullivan because, quite frankly, you know, people give. It's like no shade to Adele because I love Adele. But people give her a lot of credit for stuff that, like, 
Black artists have already been doing. And Jasmine Sullivan is one of those people who has a voice that's like nothing else in this world. She is the blueprint. Um, yeah. Those have been my top ones, I think. So let me give you my kindergartner's version of the music of 2020. <laughs> Um, things I listen to, obviously Gaslighter on a loop to the point I have a tiny trio of toddlers that I can have a nice little chorus of the album. <laughs> we love that. Um, Fiona Apple, obviously, whenever I need some good sad bitch moments. Um, and then the Phoebe Bridger, Maggie Rogers, Iris cover, because I'm a sad bitch. <laughs> it was good. And then um, my favorite sad That's bitch fair. Christmas song is the Tegan and Sarah song from Happiest Season, Make You Mine This Season. I'm like, oh, yes, sad Christmas music. Hell yeah. Big into that. And then I don't remember if this came out this year or not. The Carly Rae Jepsen dedicated B-side. I feel like it came out this year. I could not confirm in my brain if it did. But I also just re-listened to Carly Rae Jepsen all the time for serotonin. And I'm pretty sure Dedicated B-Side came out during the pandemic because I needed serotonin and I feel like it gave me that. And then my one of my favorite things that I've shared with y'all, <laughs> it is my playlist of all the different covers of She Used to Be Mine from all the people who were in Broadway's Waitress. That is one of my favorite things. If I'm really in my feelings, I will just put on this playlist and it's like Jesse Mueller, check, Sarah Bareilles, check, Shoshana Bean, check, all of them, even the Catherine McPhee. And she does not measure up. She's on the playlist because of technicality and rules, but she does not measure up to the rest. She's no not Shoshana Bean. Absolutely not. But no, we keep her on there to have the highs and the lows. And you gotta have anybody, highs and lows. If anybody else wants access to this unwell playlist of the same song sung by several different Broadway performers, <laughs> just, you know, at me on Twitter, Chell725. <laughs> but no, I don't listen to a lot of music because I'm constantly consuming podcasts. So at the very end, I'm going to list some podcasts that I listen to and that I love. So yeah, I'm a podcast girl. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. I just noticed <clears throat> the other day I have like one very specific playlist that I listen to like when I shower and stuff if I'm not listening to an audiobook. And uh <laughs> I think I tweeted about it. It was like I turned it on, sad song from Dear Evan Hansen. Next, nope, can't do it. Next song, very, very sad song from the last five years. Nope. Next, click sad song from mama mia here we go again i'm like oh my God. i can't are you that. okay oh i listen i am always listening okay? to mama mia here we go again that is just like you can always. always count on it always i can't tell you how hard i go when i sing i kiss the teacher um my i mean i will although i do i will say i would never listen to the waterloo cover because that is you don't like it no, it's my favorite ABBA song. And I think that Mamma Mia, here, here we go again, did not do it well at all. That's fair. Should we talk about TV? Because I actually watched some of that. I 
yeah, we could do TV next. Uh, Chelsea, do you want to go first? Yeah, so I'm going to keep my list short because I feel like I didn't watch a lot of, not too much super new stuff. I did a lot of rewatching, especially um, Schitt's Creek is the show I watched all the new stuff and I rewatched just on a loop all year because, you know, serotonin, it's great. I love the Rose family so much. Insecure. Insecure is a perfect show. I feel like if you're not watching it, what are you doing with your life and time? I don't know. What are you doing? A good rewatch. It is a good great rewatch. We don't have enough shows that talk about complex female friendships in very smart ways that aren't just, we love each other. It's like, no, sometimes you want to strangle your friends. It's fine. You're allowed to do that. And you're allowed to see people have complex feelings and how relationships grow and change. And it's great. I think I but watched- you're not allowed to actually strangle them. No, no please we don't, don't strangle do people. We don't endorse that. It's a pandemic. Don't go in- near anybody else's face or neck. No. I think I either it was either I watched a video of her saying something like that or read an interview with her where she said that was like what she wanted. She said she wanted complex black female friendships that were not rosy and not sunny and not s- saying like everything's great all the time and they do an amazing job of that they really do and then um things oh another new thing was the amber ruffin show which between her and seth meyers which is funny because she works for seth meyers uh they're the only late night shows i bother with anymore i love them she's great hers is more of a variety show she's not going to have interviews she said she doesn't want interviews and i appreciate that so much Another Amber Ruffin related thing is I'm always rewatching a Black Lady sketch show because it is perfect comedy and I love how sketches perfect. build on each other. It is perfect. When I tell you I cackle, I like I force my mom to rewatch like well, rewatch for me. Watched all of it on Thanksgiving and I've never seen my mom laugh this hard, y'all. I thought she was going to pee herself. I was very very okay. worried. Quick, very quick. Yeah, off the top of your head, you cannot think about it any longer than five seconds. Oh, favorite man. sketch. My favorite sketch. Oh, okay. So it's it's hard not to say the one where they're in the house and it's like doomsday and stuff because that builds over so many things. But also <laughs> right. the one where um, Ashley Nicole Black and Nicole Byer play the spies. I just, it's just so funny. <laughs> me. Those are wonderful. Those are wonderful. Right. Also Angela Bassett. That one with her and Laverne Cox. So great. Mm-hmm. Honestly, the whole show. Like, there's not there's not a bad sketch. Not a single one. Oh. Jen, that was tough. I'm gonna have to go rewatch all of it tonight. And <laughs> we're gonna you're gonna hear about it. What else right. did I watch? Um, I re I watched and rewatched a lot of RuPaul's Drag Race. And Fair. honestly, Law and Order SVU, because my new favorite drinking game is drink every single time you see a character actor or Broadway performer or somebody who was famous later and you will die in 20 minutes. I was going to say, do you like, are you okay when you do that? (laughs) Sometimes you switch to tea after the first five minutes. (laughs) Also, you get a lot of Viola Davis in there. You get a lot of Judith Light being great. Oh, there's so many random people. If you watch the original flavor, you get Diane Weist in there for two seasons. I'm like, what is going on here? The show is oddly more progressive than I thought it would be for a cop show in the early 2000s. 
Like they have some conversations that people were not having <laughs> and better terminology than people are using today. <laughs> sometimes it's true. It's true. I know Ice-T brought a lot to that show. He's very underrated, I will say. So those are like TV shows I was obsessed with. And I don't know if I watched anything else. I probably did, but I don't remember. Paige, you want to go next? Sure. I um, I did not watch a lot of new TV this past year. I realized that. I think this is going to be the month where I like go through all the TV I did not bother to watch, especially the serious stuff that I was like, oh, I'll do that later when I'm not so depressed and anxious about everything. But that's just not going to end. So I'm not. just going to have to watch. You'll, you'll those see that I literally the anyway. only show that was depressing I watched was Law and Order <laughs> because that's the closest yeah. one I got was a procedural. I will say though that Chelsea's texts about uh, Law and Order has be- have been really funny. Mm-hmm. I'm like obsessed those. with Judith. Light, this what is, can I say, Andre Brown has been there. the year of rewatches and comfort oh, yeah. shows and ridiculous, just passive TV. Um, the Great British Bake Off has been like has got me through the past year. <laughs> I rewatched a little of that and then I watched the new season this past whenever that premiered. I don't remember. Um, I don't remember because it was weekly. Time's not real anymore. Time is fluid. It's a few months ago. Um, I have some complaints about this past season, but we won't get into that. That may be another episode. Yeah. Some of the contestants that went through and others who didn't. And one of the presenters Mm -hmm. that I don't like. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but still just a perfect show in general. It's just like the most comforting thing you could possibly watch, even though I get so much anxiety watching them like do things at the very last second. Same thing when I watch any cooking show like Chopped. It's like you you put an ice cream in and like two minutes until the time's up. You can't do that. It stresses me out. You definitely rewatch Succession. Yes, I got my boyfriend to start watching that finally because he hasn't. And um, he watched both seasons like in less than a week, which very proud of that. Yeah, because that um, pilot episode's very watched, long. Yeah, it is. It's like an hour and 10 minutes, I believe. It's pretty long, but it hooks you from the start so good to keep watching i also wanted to mention a couple web shows because i watched some like unconventional newer things this past year that people were doing to make do while they couldn't make like traditional tv shows like the george lucas talk show which i have written a piece about and i talk about all the time you mean the one um, that's cited on wikipedia you yes <laughs> i know you weren't gonna bring it up but no, i found out the other day my article about that show was cited in the wikipedia article and that made me very happy it was a very nerdy moment for me of joy but um that show is very very funny i like cry laughing every single week and it's a live show so it's every sunday on twitch um connor ratliff the comedian plays George Lucas and then Griffin Newman who's also a comedian and he's on the podcast Blank Check and a lot of other things he plays Watto 
and um, it's just like a glorious ridiculous nerdy time so I really enjoyed that um also Z-Way's Instagram live that she did like she did that for a weekly basis for a while where she would interview usually problematic people like the Alyssa Milano episode oh my gosh that one I had so painful to watch (laughs) it was so hard oddly a great one was Alexis Nyers bling ring girl oh my god yeah that one was, that was like, surprisingly pleasant. That was, yeah, not as painful as it could have been. But even though she asks like extremely cringy questions, which is on purpose, it's just like so fun to watch because she asks questions that no one would dare ask on a regular basis. She's somebody who needs her own show, and I would just would die oh my goodness she's writing she's writing and producing a show for showtime i believe that I makes don't know sense because she's a writer she's for um Jesus and Marrow. yes oh, that's yes uh she's working on a new variety show for showtime i just looked it up oh she's great more of her i will say that something that jen and i did not like at the end of 2020 is Tiny pretty thing. (laughs) Um, Here's the thing. I'm not going to stay on it long because Jen and I have the same general feelings. Um, The problem with dance shows, right, is you have to have believable dancers. So you have to hire dancers. That does not mean they are good actors, So it's hard to find both a good dancer that is a good actor, like the show, for instance, Flesh and Bone, that was on Stars a few years ago. That was good. Love that show. It was not. I love that show so much. This is that because you have teenagers who are really incredible dancers who have dedicated their lives to (laughs) dancing. Are they teenagers? See, Megan and I continue to have this discussion with one another because I don't understand what age they're supposed to be. They're clearly in an academy for dance. So they're students. Right. That's supposed to be like American Ballet Theater School-like, right? Because they're going into a big company in Chicago. So it's not even New York. It's a Chicago company. No, no, I don't mean that. I mean, like... Your, your laws in the Midwest aren't different than ours on the East Coast. How no. are they getting into clubs? How are they drinking? How well, are they going to these places? Like, how old are they? I, I'm hold so on, I'm confused. Googling it because now I'm annoyed. Every single up. time I watch the show, I don't know. Well, the main it's, actress is 26, so this does not help us. It doesn't help. It doesn't help. Wait, Nevaeh? Yeah. Nevaeh's 26? Really? I don't buy that. It's her first ever thing that she's ever done. But they are technically supposed to be teenagers because they're like still in school. School, like they say, like we're going to our classes and then we have ballet. But then, like that one girl whose mom keeps getting her to leave is like, "You can go off to business school," and I'm like, "Oh." 
how old are you? No, they are. They are because she's emancipating herself. So they are supposed to be teenagers. Oh my God. Because remember there was that storyline? The problem is, is this show has 400 storylines in every episode and you can't follow. And the things that should be obvious to you are not because you're like, God, this was so much, filled with so much unnecessary i'm enjoying reading all of this imdb about them because they are all full full ass adults but apparently are dancers like have dance yes they are yes they're real no they are because if you have a dance show and your dancer and the actors don't sell the dance part no one's going to watch your show if it's about dance it needs to have actual dancers and that the dancing is not the problem it's not the problem. It's the only good part most of the time because this Ripper Ballet is bullshit. It's awful. It's Except the, for some that. of the worst dancing ever. But um, it's not their fault. Um, it's just, it was all bad. So moral of the story is don't watch it. It's a shit show. We've done the work for you, unfortunately, and we're saving you. Maybe, I don't know if it was the source material. She also was 26. Jen thought she read them false guys i don't know i don't think i did <laughs> false. oh gross um but it's it's all bad uh the dancing's great watch clips of that online i guess i don't know if the source it's the source material because i've not read it i don't know if it's the bad acting i assume the it's source material the doesn't two. have a wikipedia page so i couldn't tell you if it was accurate they are their books i know that or a book i know it's based on books because uh the i i follow one of the authors on instagram apparently and she was uh talking about it and then it says like based on the books by um so don't know i assume it's a hybrid of the bad acting and the not great source material there are weird fever dreams i don't like it's all bad don't watch it. Moral of that story. So Jen, what is, what is some TV that you actually did like? Well, like everybody else, I did a lot of rewatching and comfort watching. Obviously, there was Schitt's Creek. Um, uh, a new show that I like is Ted Lasso on the Apple TV. Oh, wait, I like and Mythic Quest, too, TV, on I'm Apple. very excited. Oh, yeah. watch Mythic Quest and Ted Lasso. I completely forgot Apple TV stuff came out this year. Yes, it did. Ted Lasso is really enjoyable. It's delightful. I didn't think it was going to be something I wanted to watch. And everybody's like, you need to watch it. You need to watch it. Watch and Mythic too Quest people... next. It's delightful. Okay. I mean, I'll trust you on that. But if like too many people tell me to do a thing, I don't do a thing. So um, that is a personality failing. Oh, no, I have oh. the same thing. <laughs> um, also, a show that I watched this year that I liked was Sweet Magnolias. It is pure Southern schmaltz, um, but there are fantastic lady relationships and truly deliciously hot men that show up for these women and sweep them off their feet. And I'm like, yes, that's how often that's do it. they say bless her heart in that show? Enough. That's it takes place about. in South Carolina. That's what there I love. That's what I needed. Thank you. Good and bad accents, but oh my overall, gosh. the show my is My dad so... fully watched this whole show. I'm looking it up now. He watched this because <laughs> I walked in and I'm like, what's this? He's like, I don't know. But he watched the whole thing. It's so good. It really Jamie is Lynn really Spears good. is in this? Yes. She plays... <laughs> 
she plays a character who, um, uh, so Chris Klein, who has never been part of the Chris, um, you know, conversation because he he was a predecessor, like the earliest of Chris's, um, is in it. And he plays a doctor who cheats on Joanna Garcia Swisher's character with Jamie Lynn Spears and gets her yeah. pregnant. So they have to, Chris Klein's character and Joanna Garcia Swisher um, uh, are getting a divorce as the show starts. And Jamie Lynn Spears is very pregnant and they're supposed to be getting married. So that's kind of the setup for her. Oh, that's weird because on. he's so much older than her. Ugh. Yes, but correct. we do love a Jamie Lynn Spears okay. renaissance. Yes. Um, uh, another show that I really enjoyed and I can't wait for more more of is Never Have I Ever. Um, I cannot believe that came out in 2020 because it feels like it came out 14 million years ago because 2020 was so goddamn long. True. Um, I Everything about that show was fantastic. I just wish like the dad was actually around because he's super hot. And that's how I know I am a grown up. I do not care about any of these kids. Give me your hot dad. Um, love a hot dad. We love a hot dad. Uh, I think those are. Uh, did, oh, yes. Also, love a hot mom. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, like Paige, I also loved. Um, bake off i loved oh it came out this uh 2020 as well i think nadia's time to eat um i oh, love yes, nadia i haven't seen that yet how is that oh my god oh my god it's so it's so soothing watching her put together mm-hmm. things she's just so personable and beautiful and like yeah. has the most on point eyeliner so i'm just always charmed i will watch literally anything uh that she's in um i i think i think those were my favorite maybe maybe it did guys i don't know what time has no meaning and everything has blended together in my head um but i think those are oh the crown we literally had oh, yeah, an episode in which we were supposed to be talking about Rebecca and talking ended up talking about the crown. You mean um, talking Charles? <laughs> yeah. Who I plan to still fight, fight on, on sight. sight. Should I ever come across his bitch ass? I can't say who I who else I would fight on sight. That no. might get me arrested. <laughs> you know, but, I told you yesterday, Charles. Yeah. Yes. Um. But yeah, those were those were some of my favorite watches. And then I, if I did watch anything else, I've forgotten because you did watch Bridgerton, which you had a lot of feelings about. Can we? Okay, I guess we can count that as twenty twenty. I technically did not watch it in twenty twenty. Did I? Honestly, it this could, week has felt like ten years too. It so could I be twenty twenty right now, and we would never know. I did have a lot, a lot of feelings about Bridgerton, and I feel like that's going to have to be wrapped up in our romance novel um, episode when and if we ever do it, because a girl's got a lot to say. But the most important facts are Lady Danbury should have her own show um, because she is the goat um, and the Duke of Hastings is hot as fuck. And that's it. We love hot people. (laughs) 
love hot people especially a hot black man who they let like be hot be overtly (laughs) sexual with a spoon yeah (laughs) he okay so i have to tell you this well okay see now we have to set this up real quick they have megan have you watched are you watching are you in the process of watching i'm not gonna ruin anything i'm in the process okay Okay, so I've read all the books. However, it's really important to understand that um, the the main character of the first book, Daphne and the Duke of Hastings, Daphne is like every inch a proper lady, meaning she knows nothing about sex or anything like that. And her, when she gets married to the Duke of Hastings, her mother, who has had eight children, I really want to repeat that for you, her mother has had eight children tells her zip about sex and the marriage bed i mean literally tells her nothing it's not helpful it 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 never fails to Mm. make me angry anyways because she tells her nothing she's like i don't know how to do this i don't understand what's going on what's a penis and you're like i i don't and she doesn't understand like how babies come to be (laughs) it's just it's just it i i mean it's always frustrating and this is like a thing that women have been put through for centuries but it's particularly egregious to me that your mom who has had eight kids wouldn't tell you how that comes to be that sounds like spring awakening she was too busy having kids to explain it it's true but he like the duke of hastings tells daphne in the show like uh, tells her about like touching herself and so she has this like fantasy moment after she has explored her own body for the first time ever and they're out like the next day or something having tea and he licks the back of a spoon and she has like a moment which is fair because he's hot and i think we all would there was a thing that I saw on the internet the other day because he's being in he's in consideration for Bond now. Literally like, everyone is. Literally well, yeah. every man who becomes famous for 10 minutes is in consideration. But they were talking about him and they were like, so when he gets it, is he going to drink his martini with a spoon? It'd be weird, but I wouldn't say no because it was really hot. I'm not gonna lie. That just even watching the gif of it you're like jesus christ it's very well, i'm very sexual. excited to watch that show it's very we'll sexual. probably not watch this show but send me the <laughs> gifs and the gifs i will i will is it my turn i think it's is it time for t- yeah it's your turn okay so um i finally watched because I was in denial, the final season of The Durrells and Corfu, which is a masterpiece show. And it has Josh O'Connor, who plays Prince Charles on The Crown right now. And I swear he's much better on that show. He's not a jerk and an asshole. Um, But it it was the last season and I'm still in denial because it makes me so sad. But it is a very comforting show to watch. I love that show. Also, I watched um, another masterpiece show. I watched a lot of masterpiece, but one that makes me really happy is um, Grant Chester. Fucking love Grant Chester. (gasps) It is a masterpiece mystery, and it is about, obviously, a hot uh, priest. 
a hot priest, two hot priests. If you watch from the beginning, you get one and then you get another. Correct. Um, and, and I didn't think it was going to be my thing, but since it premiered, I've watched every single year. I love it. It's so good. Um, this last, not the last season, season four, I thought, I think it's season four. Um, Sydney, the original Beautiful. Um, he leaves in like episode three and it's during civil rights when he's it's during civil rights and he's like fuck it I'm going back to America with you and we're gonna fight civil rights together and it's so great I agree um Megan uh about Grant Chester though because I didn't think it was gonna be my thing it's so it's so relaxing like that's why I love mysteries like that because you're like I know it's going to get solved at the end. I don't know what's going to happen in between, but I know I'm going to get a resolution. And that's why it's comforting. I think, yeah, plus, I think so. Plus Will and Grant, um, Will and um, Sydney were both really hot. They're both so hot. And now Will's a boxer. You have like, to add oh, that to my oh. list too now. It's super it. good. It's only like six or eight episodes a season too, because it's masterpiece. So it's not mm-hmm. hard to get through. Um, I also really liked another masterpiece show called... Beecham House, and I'm a really, really. I did you know it's not getting a second season? Excuse me, what? It's not getting a second season. I got roped in this for me. I really loved it, and then I looked because I was like, "When does season two come out?" And they're like, "ITV didn't pick it up for a second season." Those jerks! I'm so mad. Mad. Like I'm not. I got so invested and it ended on a cliffhanger and it had a really good cast and I thought it was a really good story. It was based on, I believe, a book because, you know, masterpiece. But, um... Masterpiece theater. Um, it's really, really good. I really, really, really enjoyed it and I am really, really angry at the British people for not giving me another season because literally it was the biggest cliffhanger and I'm very angry. Um, I also, there was a new season of, um, what we do in the shadows. And I love that show dearly. It is the stupidest show on the planet, but it is so good. Um, of course, Real Housewives of Atlanta, Beverly Hills, Salt Lake City. Um, that's just, you know, that's just my bag. Nothing but Uh, highbrow here. (laughs) And, uh, Oh, what else did I watch that I actually really enjoyed? Oh, there is this absolutely bonkers show that just released 10 new more episodes on um, Disney Plus, and it is called Earth to Ned, and it is the most insane thing you will ever watch. And I don't know who okayed it at Disney, who wasn't like, I don't know who was just like, yeah, this this is going to be great. This is going to be great. It's about an alien and his it's made by the Henson Company, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So it's about this mm-hmm. alien, and he his his dad, who's like a galactic commander, sends him to Earth to like overtake it. But he ends up falling in love with pop culture, specifically late night TV. And he has a late night show on his spaceship, and he beams celebrity like RuPaul's been on it, uh, Raven Simone, Joel McHale. Um, Tom Lennon, uh, 
Nene Leaks from Real Housewives of Atlanta. Um, like it is so chaotic. And I don't know who again said yes to this show. It the last episode of season one was with um Rachel Bloom and it was a musical episode. So chaotic, so insane. Sounds Eli delightful. Roth- Eli Roth was on an episode like they did a horror movie I don't know it's weird it's a big alien he's got like a bunch of arms it's crazy but it is so funny and stupid and such light fare for what this all is um that I can't recommend that enough and then there is also um a making of Frozen 2 series on Disney plus that had me crying um because it was so good um, The Mandalorian, obviously. Episode one had Timothy Oliphant of season two, and we all know how I feel about him. I feel like- I'm wearing Baby Yoda me undies right now that I got for Christmas. Exactly. See, we're all the Baby see, Yoda t shirt. I'm surprised I'm the first person saying Mandalorian then. I haven't watched the I new completely season. forgot. <laughs> I haven't watched the new season yet. I've not watched I the- haven't either. I'm catching I'm- up the one person that you will meet who is not crazy about anything in the star wars franchise and has only seen every movie once that's okay no that's that's fair that's fair yeah i but the Mandalorian, i think is so beautifully done and i think the writing is really good and it's pedro pascal like i love him dearly um oh my god speaking of him because again as Jen said, 2020 is 4,000 years long. 4,000 years long. I forgot that last February, in 2020 of February, uh, the second season of Narcos Mexico came out. And I... Oh, the before Narcos. times. Yes, in the before times. I love Narcos. Um, I love it, love it, love it. It is one of my favorite Netflix series. Um, I love the spinoff sort of sort of spinoff, um, which is uh, Mexico, and it's got Diego Luna, who I am obsessed with. Uh, um, and that, I mean, I got, that was when I got injured, and so I was on, uh, like, heavy pain medication that would only let me sleep for, like, a couple hours, and then when it would wear off, I'd wake up. So... Too bad we weren't podcasting during that time. I think you would have been a hoot and a holler. I would have. Trust me. <laughs> You think I'm crazy now? Um, the uh, or like so, I would wake up. Lewis would still be sleeping, and I'm like, "Well, I guess I'm gonna Google how all of these people are, how if they're still alive or not." So I literally Googled all the members of this cartel and figured out how El Chapo became number one in this cartel. So it's a lot, yeah. Um, God, I actually ended up watching so much more TV than I did movies because I just kept getting stuff from the library and I was like, this'll do, this'll do, this'll do. And then so many new, and then there were so many streaming services that kept putting out new shows. I really liked the spinoff of Sons of Anarchy. I finally watched the first two seasons of Mayans. Um... I don't know. I can't think of anything else. I mean, I watched all the obvious things like Tiger King and uh, what's the show you guys hate? 
Ozark. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just because you're from Missouri, sorry. Uh, that reminds final... me. I'm Laura Lenny, and this is Masterpiece. <laughs> exactly. But Laura Lenny only does Masterpiece drama. It is um, uh, Alan Cumming who does Masterpiece mystery. Hmm. So he says, next time on Masterpiece. Did you know he has a Scottish accent? Yes. Accent. Um, I can't remember what else I watched. I watched everything. But the last like five seconds of the finale of last season of Ozark was just crazy, which I really loved. Oh, and then How to Get Away with Murder ended during the pandemic, which was very sad because it took Viola Davis off my TV screen. Nuh-uh, she's in an upcoming category for which she could get another Oscar. But my TV screen she came off of. She's not with me weekly. That's true. You'll probably have to rewatch. Or go through Law & Order SVU because she's in so many episodes. Something that is very um, off character for me. Uh, I will say documentary series, uh, I... The uh, uh, the Roe v. Wade documentary that FX did was amazing. Um, and then also uh, um, uh, The Last Dance, the Bulls documentary was crazy. And then also um, the TV show All American, uh, which is based on um, a football person's cool. life. So um, yeah. Paige, what movies did you watch and like... I made a quick little list of my top hits of the year. Um, Sound of Metal was maybe my number one of the year. I just watched that recently, and it's so good. Surprising hit. Um, Dick Johnson is Dead is a really wonderful documentary about um, about the filmmaker's father having dementia and dealing with that. First Cow is delightful. Oh, just like yeah. a lovely, lovely time. Um, forty-year-old version on Netflix. Um, I believe it was on Netflix. Yeah. Yeah. That one is very good. Um, couldn't believe that was her first feature film that she directed and wrote and everything. The Invisible Man. Um, <gasps> was yes. my favorite horror film of the year. It's very spooky. So good. Gaslighting Incarnate. Yes. Very different kind of horror movie. If you don't usually watch those, I would recommend maybe still checking it out. And um, a mention to David Byrne's American Utopia, which was his Broadway show that was um, recorded and directed by uh, Spike Lee for HBO. It's on HBO Max if you want to watch it. It's just like the most wonderful thing and even so, if you don't know much about david byrne or talking heads it's still just a wonderful time so what you're saying is rebecca didn't make your list <laughs> favorite movie <laughs> I, favorite not mentioned of the year like obvious yeah oh, sorry just did you watch any September. movies did, did you I? did you watch any cinema i don't I don't really think I watched anything new. That's a lie. I know I did, but like, you had to have. so your Chelsea, your books oh, are yeah. my movie. 
face. Oh like, yeah, that's that's how this <laughs> pans out. Because this is how the balance down, of the podcast happens. Exactly. We have if to give Jen a list of movies. I have no idea. I did. Jen, what did I want? I will say. The 40-year-old version, to quote the guys on the Mixed Reviews, Woody Allen found dead. Because he is perfect in every way, writer, director, star. And I think that might be your future favorite movie. It might be. I think you'd really like that. Yeah. I I mean, I watched stuff that came out around the holidays, and I didn't like any of it. That's Um, fair. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so, I don't know I'm sorry I like I, I genuinely I know I've seen a film at least once this year I know I went to an actual movie theater at the beginning of this year did you see Birds of Prey I, oh yes that's it I saw that you saw I the did, Journey Small. I didn't movie. hate that I did see the yes I did I enjoyed that I didn't hate that as much as I thought I was going to I'm not Agreed. a big um dc person but like i thought it was so well shot and i also will never forget the scene where um uh the hair tie canary is yes that is a good that's it's perfect yes because anytime mm-hmm. i see a woman in an action movie and her hair's flying everywhere i'm like i don't buy it it's not real it bothers like, that's me. not real so much that's like um, that it's like action sequences with their hair down and people leaving their laptops up and their laptops don't lock you're a liar. You close yeah. your laptop and it's always password protected. Mm-hmm. Right. I don't buy that trope. I don't buy it. Right. Um, so, yes, I saw that. <laughs> I watched, I re, like, again, I rewatched a lot of things that I mean, have brought same. me joy and comfort. Huh? Same. I mean, ask me how many times I've rewatched Boys on the Side. Like, yeah. I mean, ask me how many times a week. I put on Sister Act. I mean, you should be watching it every day. One and two. Both of them. It's perfect. They are both perfect films. And I would nothing to the contrary. Honestly, Whoopi should have Oscars for at least one of the Sister Acts. I would say the first one because Mm -hmm. without the first, we would not have the second. They literally Mm -hmm. changed the entire screenplay to make it a Sister Act movie, even though it had nothing to do with Sister Act. (laughs) But I will say that is probably one of the most fun times I've had in a theater is Sister Act. Jen, did you see Sister Act live? The musical? Oh, you mean the the musical, yeah. The musical, yeah. Um, I was like, how old do you think I am? No, at the the end, there is literally a a floor-to-ceiling Virgin Mary covered in disco balls. Like, (laughs) So great. I mean... Also, Patina Miller was great. Yeah. Um, True. I'll shout True. out my local community theater version they did like four and a half years ago because it was actually amazing to the point where... The songs are so good. They're really it, good. It's just, it's one of those that if you have a decent community theater, the show just slaps. It's so much fun. Oh, yeah. So, yes. Perfect. Megan, what are some of the cinemas you saw in theater or at the home? So I didn't do a ton of, like I said, I watched more like TV and things that had been taking up like a lot of space in my DVR. Um, so I loved um, Abominable, which is a movie that came out in 2019. It was a very, very cute um, anime so movie good. about a Yeti. It's so and good. I cried right. like an idiot. Um, 
I loved Onward from Pixar. I thought it was a really, really good brother relationship movie. And the mom played by Julie, Julie Louis-Dreyfus killed me. So funny. Um, I watch a lot of Turner classic movies just like Chelsea did. And Honestly, my yeah. favorites are still Seven Brides for Seven Brothers, On the Town, uh, Take Me Out to the Ball Game, Meet Me in St. Louis, all those kind of movies. Um I final I rewatched uh The Farewell. Sob. Yeah, that is a perfect. That was my favorite film of last year, The Farewell. It's a perfect. It was on Amazon Prime and it was free again. It became free and I was like, "Well, guess I got to watch it." I have the um, AKA Jane Rowe is the documentary about uh that I hated Joker. Uh Just Mercy, loved that. Um, Another movie where I cried and Jamie Foxx should have been nominated for an Oscar. Oh, I sobbed. Uh, Again, The Invisible Man, I agree with Paige. That is, I'm not a horror movie person. I end up watching a lot, but I hate it. I was genuinely shooketh by that movie. Um, I actually really enjoyed Jumanji The Next Level. Sorry, not sorry. Uh, This is a Jack Black Stan podcast. Of course we enjoyed. I... (laughs) And he had to do so much more. And Aquafina's in that, which I loved. Um, uh, the Assistant, which was amazing. That fucked me up. That's a good one. Uh, so good. Mm-hmm. Um, the One and Only Ivan, which came out on my birthday. And I cried on my birthday because I watched it. Um, no, I hated that one. I hated that one. Uh I actually, I finally saw Longshot, the Charlize Theron, uh, Seth Rogen uh, rom-com, which I did not think would be good, but it was fantastic. And also- Okay, I saw that movie too. It's really (laughs) funny. I saw that I will in say the theater. Though, I found out I was going to lose my job, like the, when it was actually in theaters. I saw it the day I like found out I was going to lose my job in six weeks. And then my boss is like, stay on the clock and just go home. And instead I went to the movie theater. <laughs> I love that. And it's like that movie just like solidified what I already, like that movie made me realize Seth Rogen is 100% the person you want as your husband. Like he seems like legit. And like, I remember him being on Graham Norton and he was saying like, someone asked, did you sign a prenup? And he's like, no, because even if we got divorced, it would still be the best money I ever spent. And you're like that. I want that. I've Um, had a small crush on Seth Rogen for a good decade now. I love him. I've always had a crush on him. And I'm like, but that movie really, really solidified it. Um, I loved Ready or Not. Uh, I finally watched A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood and cried. Good. Um, we're getting like, like 2019 movies. Yeah. I loved The King of Staten Island because I loved him and Maude Apatow together. I thought they were funny. And uh, Soul. I watched a lot of older movies. That's okay. So did I. Usually films that are like 80 years old, though. Well, I did say I watched a lot of Turner classics. Oh, my movies. goodness. I think that's all we watched we for all a long should. time. That's like all... <laughs> There was one day where I woke up in the morning and didn't get out of bed because it was a, it was just a bad day. And it was like on the town, Seven Brothers, Seven Brothers, Singing in the Rain, uh, like four movies in a row where I was just like, well, I guess I'm not leaving bed today. You can't. Can't. 
I'm going to try to run through my list real quick because I know Jenna's so tired. Um, First off, shout out to my first pandemic movie. Me and Paige watched Portrait of a Lady on Fire. It was great. Good times. I know. And then let's just run through some of these. Also love First Cow and the Assistant. They fucked me up. Shout out to Sylvie's Love, a film I feel like where the script was a little uneven, but it was so beautifully oh, made. Oh my God. I also watched Sylvie's Love. Why didn't you get to me? <laughs> <laughs> you. Jen, because time is fluid and we're messing. It's, it's messing also, us up. Also, I watched that like at a film virtual film festival months uh-huh. before it came out. So I completely forget about these things. You're welcome. But I'm also, more yeah. in love with Tessa after that. Just oh so my God. And her the that maybe made me so soft costumes. i did not like the script that much mm-hmm. i think it was a melodrama that didn't work entirely like it just it felt still weird nice to case, watch but it was a film where i would love to just live in that world let's yeah. see sylvie's love um if you need a saddie never rarely sometimes always again i made the joke on twitter the saddest they said the name in the title <laughs> Like they said, the title of the film in the film you'll ever hear. Um, if you need a good time, Eurovision. <laughs> I enjoyed it. I wanted it. to watch that. I'm so mad I didn't yet. It's on Netflix. You can watch whenever. Um, let's see. The half of it, the Howard Ashman documentary on Disney Plus, A Good Cry. He wrote all like the Beauty and the Beast, Little Mermaid, some of the Aladdin songs before he passed away from AIDS when he was 40 years old. Mangrove which is great, which reminds me, um, Eat Shit, Trial of Chicago 7. Just Eat Shit. Mangrove is so much better. So much better. I'm going to compare them for these exact reasons. I got to see One Night in Miami, and I really loved it. Shout out to Aldous Hodge. Love him. And then some of my funny movies that I really loved, Unpregnant gave me the single best line. And I enjoyed that thoroughly. Like, fuck you Missouri State Legislature that is just so perfect for me thank you Gavin for making me that gif and jif of it oh my gosh it just... I loved how how set you were on that <sighs> you just as soon know. as I heard that in the movie I was just like oh yeah I need I need something of that it is the greatest gift I've ever been given possibly and then yeah um on the rocks the latest Sofia Coppola movie I love sad Re- sad Rashida Jones and silly Bill Murray just on a little adventure in a movie that's under a hundred minutes. Thank you for just something nice and delightful. I feel like there's been a lot of sad movies this year and I just don't want to get into that all the time. They're also way too long. And then my, possibly my favorite film is the 40 year old version. I like, it's slightly over two hours, but I just feel like it had everything I wanted in a movie. It had purpose and stakes and you love her and it's hilarious it might be the funniest movie i've seen in years she's just so beautifully funny i relate to her teaching like kids after school and stuff i loved it so much and then i will shout out the first five minutes of nomadland because i had the film at lincoln center ticket and i got to listen to like the first five minutes because the video wasn't great but the sound design was great it was wonderful. Win some, lose some. And then just a few more eat shits besides the Trial of Chicago 7. Um, fuck boys in the band. You suck. Also, Mank is not worth it. It is so long. Yeah. I did watch Kane that. Is, See, 
this is why I can't remember. You did watch I watched, that. I remember I you texting us about it. <laughs> Honestly, wow, you watched Mank out of everything. <laughs> I know. I know. Amanda Seyfried is great, but the movie's too long. Also, it rewrites so much history of not only Marion Davies, but also Mankiewicz because he was not this cool, liberal, progressive dude, no. socialist, whatever. No, he was like just a kind of shitty drunk dude. And I love David Fincher, but he should have used that time to make Mindhunter season three. Literally so. anything else. Find yeah. what's what's her name? Jillian Flynn. Jillian Flynn. And, mm-hmm. Just, Just find make something. whatever she would have. Find yeah, Rosamund yes. Pike. Have her kill some people. Have her stab Neil Patrick Harris. That's all. Yeah, exactly. Are there any other things like I want to list a few podcasts to wrap things up later, but are there any other things you guys enjoyed this year you want to shout out before we wrap this up? Jen and I love TikTok. Honestly, it's the only way I learn about TikToks is y'all. I'm not saying <laughs> so I watch a lot of TikToks. I think so it's much funny TikTok. that I am the youngest person on this podcast. <laughs> yep. I don't ever watch TikToks. <laughs> no, I only watch what they send to me and then like three others and there are so yeah. many that we don't send to you guys you don't understand you don't know how many we send to each other so many <laughs> like that's what's worse it's okay yes. me and Paige literally just send each other pictures and gifts of dogs and cats all the time and cute animals that's true we can have that we, we have that i will say that like uh there's this one person um that uh jen and i both follow on tiktok uh, kendall Jack. loris Oh, I was going to say Josh. Oh, oh yes, Josh. <laughs> Is it Zilberg? Zibelberg, actually. Zibelberg, yeah. He's the funniest person. Um, he speaks directly into mine and um, Jen's souls um, mm-hmm. about everything. Um, but also... Um, a TikTok trend that I think everyone needs to get on is Chinese street fashion. Um, that's been really carrying me through. It's so, it's, the drip is amazing, as the kids would say. As the kids would say, (laughs) drip is amazing. (laughs) It is so good. I've learned so much on TikTok. I've wasted so much time on TikTok. But you know what? It's brought me so much joy. Mm -hmm, It's better than mm -hmm, wasting mm -hmm. time on that bird app like I do. The mm-hmm. I wish instead of doom scrolling this week, I would have just been on TikTok. Honestly, you're so much better about not being on that stupid bird app than me. Like me and Jen legit got partially banned at certain points. Jen did twice. For good reason though. Honestly. It was for good reason. That reminds me, eat shit, Josh Holly. Fuck you. <laughs> Fucking yes. suck. And all the rest Find of you. Your constituent. I want to oh, shout yeah. out just a few podcasts that are the opposite of Josh Hawley. First off, the mixed reviews, because they just talk about actors and performers, and it's just very soothing, and I leave, like I can finish something and not be fired up and angry. And then also, and the runner-up is, I also love that one too, because they just talk about movies and film history, and again, very soothing. Things that help me get fired up, though. Um this might get weird with Grace Helbig and Mamrie Hart. They've been very vocal and using their platform for all the elections and donating things. Uh, Will You Accept This Rose, which is 
a bachelor franchise podcast that is better because it's all these like comedians and actors talking about the franchise and just taking the piss out of it it's beautiful it's better than the show and then my two queens izzy phillips is doing her best a podcast that regularly makes me cry because i'm just emotionally unstable and then everyone in 2020 and then nicole byers podcast kingdom Queendom, whatever you want to call it, is great. Newcomers, they got through Lord of the Rings. I thought they were going to die. <laughs> Best friends with Shis- Sashir. It's wonderful. I love them. And then she's got a Drag Race podcast and other things. She's doing so much for us. Oh, yeah. Why won't you her. date me? Great little interviews. I've never laughed everybody huh? wear a mask so Nicole Byer can fuck in 2021. Yes, that was everybody. the single greatest yes. tweet I've ever seen in my life. The fact that, that I'm straight into a face mask. Do you mind wearing a mask? Like, we just need Nicole to get railed. Come on, y'all, wear a mask. And then, yes, oh my goodness, I've never laughed harder than when Nicole had Amber Ruffin on Why Won't You Date Me? I was like driving and they I was laughing so hard I was crying and then I sneezed and just made a mess over myself I was like dying I was choke laughing like usually the only person that can make me choke laugh to death is Megan because Megan is so funny but they had me and I'm like I'm gonna die in a car accident listen to a podcast I'm gonna die And those are things that really bring me joy because I don't really listen to a lot of music. I listen to so many podcasts. There are others. I'm really getting into screen drafts now. It's nice. I like structure to things and they're so well structured, but y'all, it's been a fucking year. It's been a year to say the least. Yeah. Look at all your notes. You have so, so much homework. I have so much homework up here, and then this is, like, stuff I've actually consumed, except for, like, that. I love it. Proud of you. So proud of me. So where can people find you, Jen? You can find me on, um, not TikTok, because I don't make any. Um, We just consume. No, we just consume consume them. And you got Um, injured trying. <laughs> yes. Um I'm at Darling in My Way on Twitter when I'm not banned. <laughs> and um Darling Reads Romance over on the Instagram. Paige, where can they find you? I am Paige in Kaiser uh, on Twitter. Um I believe I always forget my Instagram. I think it's Paige Noel Kaiser, my whole it name. Is. Yeah, but I like that you know and I don't. It is. That's very <laughs> Um, That's about it. Chelsea? Uh, I'm Chelsea725 on Twitter and Letterboxd. Go check out some of my Letterboxd reviews because they're really snarky. I, <laughs> I was really on one the first two days of this year. <laughs> Brian Murphy gonna put a hit on me, I tell you. <laughs> so yeah find me there and the community rewatch podcast and then which is i think at community rewatch pod just check the show notes and then we're at moxie gals pod on the twitters and stuff just check the show notes i don't remember things anymore (laughs) and then i'm uh at miss megan man on 
uh, Twitter and then my bookstagram is at ginger and champagne. And then I'm also a co-host of the once upon a stream Disney plus podcast. So that's where you can find me. And I think, I think we've managed to get through what sort of kind of maybe saved us in 2020 beyond each other and this podcast and starting it. Honestly, this, um, our group chat really saved me this year. <laughs> A you thousand percent. Me, Rebecca. Rebecca. <laughs> oh God. And Rebecca that. really. Good I couldn't Rebecca talk about really Rebecca good. on this episode because it meant so much to me. It was so profound. Wow. And... Live. The live. The live. <laughs> to quote one of your favorite uh, housewives. Candy burst. Yeah. Thank you very much. <laughs> Don't worry, that gift popped into my mind the second you said it. Yep. I be knowing. So we, I think we did a good job. Coming soon, we have one of our upcoming episodes just to tease because I have to talk about it. It is one of the things that got us through was being a Jack Black stan account. Oh, yeah. Um, And... The other day, like, my sister literally sent me a TikTok. His face wasn't in it. And I go, that's the Iron Man TikTok. I already know. Don't worry. I've seen it a hundred times. Uh, we're going to be talking about Jack Black. Uh, and since it's still January and it's still cold, we're still going to talk about Christmas. So, obviously. It's going to be cold here until March. So, time is fluid. And we're going to talk about Christmas. We're going to do our first Jane Austen episode. And we're going to talk about Jack Black and how obsessed we are with him. Awesome. Thank you, listeners, and eat shit 2020. Bye. Goodbye forever 2020.